Good morning. This is Real Estate for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Phil Coover of Ice Miller. I'm a partner in the real estate practice group in the Chicago office of Ice Miller. And today we have a very special guest on a very special topic. We have Colin Leitner. Colin, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Phil. And we are here to talk about metaverse real estate and what is it and why there's a supposed gold rush for metaverse real estate. And is that actually a thing, even despite the headlines you're seeing and the value of it? But, um, you know, I think we should acknowledge right off the top, this is the first three-time podcast guest, uh, <laughs> similar to the five-timer club that you see on Saturday Night Live. We, Colin is uh, two, did two of my early episodes because when you're starting a podcast, sometimes you just got to pull your smart friends in before you can start getting guests you don't know. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, certainly Rob Walters will have to come back on the podcast. He's the other two-time member from Quattro Development. I'm sure he'll be competitive and want to want to step up. And then I'll make sure he knows that I've that I've pulled ahead after today. Good, you do that. You do that. So, you know, Colin is a uh, the general counsel of an investment company in Austin, Texas. He's also the principal of Matisse Capital, a real estate development company. They do lots of exciting things, such as they just bought about 30 acres down the road from Tesla in Austin. And I uh, have a couple hundred more acres lined up. And unbelievably, that is not actually what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> um, but, Colin, do you want to give give the folks a little bit about your background? And, um, and just from a personal note, Colin's a good friend of mine from law school. And he's my, my intellectual confidant, if that is a thing, whenever there's something that I don't understand or I'm trying to figure out, I will just pick up the phone and text or call Colin. Just be like, hey, can you help me understand and get this? Um, because, and that is kind of what we're doing with with metaverse real estate. Like, what is it, and um, why are we talking about it, and why are people putting just absurd amounts of money into this? But, Colin, please, please tell everyone a little bit about your background. Sure thing, and, and thanks for that that introduction, Phil. I, you know, the you know that that goes both ways. You know how often I pick up the phone to get your thoughts on things as well. Yeah, my background, um, I started a tax boutique firm in, in Chicago doing a lot of tax and corporate finance work and, and found my way in-house to a uh, propriety trading desk um, that operates like a family partnership. I am general counsel of that company, and then I'm principal to their, to their real estate development and holding company called Metis Capital, uh, and I've been there for about seven, eight years now. What I am not is a trader. Uh, I'm not uh, um, a crypto trader or a securities trader. Principal of, of our family office is. So I, I have a, a, a good, I think, a, a fairly unique look at what what that looks like, both in the securities, securities commodities realm as well as the cryptocurrency um, side of things. Um, but I'm not I'm not someone who's going to tell you what what NFT to buy. Um, I'll tell you how it's taxed. Um, I'll tell you how to buy it, uh, how to get the information on it. But, you know, we're not going to be talking about how to make money in the metaverse today because that I certainly don't know how to do. Um, but I do know how to uh, transact in the metaverse and then and then also uh, comply with taxes, which is sometimes not an easy feat. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been uh, working with uh, dealer investments for over 12 years, uh, more than 10 in-house directly. Um, and I've been principal at Metis Capital for 
think seven or eight. Um, and um, yeah, we're doing a lot of uh, real world uh, real estate work. Um, but it is, it is also uh, interesting to see the proliferation of, of these various uh, metaverses and what that means, reading about them and, and even dipping our toe into them a little bit, just, just on the fun side, haven't, haven't taken any real positions so far. Yeah. And, you know, I thought you'd be great uh, to talk about this with for a couple of reasons. One, you're in Austin, the the epicenter of all things cool and hip and on trend. <laughs> um, two, you know, you you do understand crypto and NFTs. You were my first phone call when I was like, what is the NFT? Uh, with that, I don't know, really came to the surface about a year ago. People started hearing about those uh, non-fungible tokens for those of you that haven't caught caught on to that wave yet but that's relevant to our discussion today and also just because you're not a crypto bro so to speak like sometimes <laughs> i'm not have, a crypto bro like i've been in conversations with people who are heavy into crypto and uh, blockchain mm-hmm. and sometimes those discussions are so thick with lingo that they're just frankly difficult to follow they are so, yeah and and also, I know that you know about them, but because of your tax background, you you have to understand. You're you're asked by people who are on these cutting edges to um, give advice and guidance on on what to do with gains and losses and how uh, the economics of these things work, even if we're not the ones um, making bets on them, so to speak. So um, to kick it off, uh, what, what is the metaverse, and, and is there a metaverse um i i don't think there there is the metaverse i think there's you know the possibility of infinite metaverses um you know what what are we talking about when we're talking about the metaverse we're talking about some platform um that is presumably designed to look like a world a virtual world um or feel like a virtual world or have some hallmarks thereof and Almost by definition, it's it's proprietary. People aren't really making them play too nicely with one another. Um, the idea being that there's there's something there that you can go interact with, do, see, hear, and um, and in this case, uh, try to own. You know, right now there's there's three big ones: um, Axie Infinity, uh, Sandbox, and um, Decentraland. Uh, each is kind of similar in my view. So a lot of them look like, like games to me. Um, and, and, you know, there's some folks out there who, who would say there already are metaverses, you know, that predate them by decades um, that are, you know, that we just call them video games. Second, second life um, is one of them yeah. um, where people are already trading things of value. And I say value, I mean, for real us dollars, um, not using blockchain at that time, but, you know, understanding what the metaverse is, is, is really based on who's defining that metaverse. You know, what, what did they make it that they're the ones who define what the metaverse is because they're the ones, you know, with the code. Yeah, no, I think that that's right. So, um, you know, kind of back up about a month or so ago, I started hearing more and more and there are articles, wall street journal, they had an article about people investing millions of dollars into the metaverse and there's a company that bought like 2.5 million dollars it was like the largest metaverse transaction and that got a lot of publicity and that's what kind of kicked this whole thing off and then when i was having conversations around like holiday parties uh before they all got shut down 
Uh, but early December, like when I've talked to someone about investing in the metaverse, I kind of realized that everyone just sort of like would perk their ears up around and want to like kind of lean in or trying to listen to it because they're hearing about all this money that was going into it. But um, so then, yeah, you know, you start investigating it and there is no one metaverse, but there's these multiple different um, platforms. Uh, Decentraland is the one that I've spent the most time wandering about uh, in their <laughs> their main area and you're right that they look feel and sound like a video game and what's interesting to me is so i was like all right the the more i look at it the more i'm like this is just a video game what is with all the hype but then you look at some of the prices my initial thought on this podcast was that colin and i would uh, go in together and we just buy a piece of the central land or sandbox real estate. And then we would co-invest and we kind of tell the world about how we did it. But then I realized if I look at the prices, the cheapest parcel way off on the corner of this virtual world was, you know, over $10,000. I'm like, well, we're not, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, <laughs> not doing that for a little um, experiment. But the, the money that's being invested into these things is, to me, is what is making me not just be so dismissive about it. But I do wonder, I was like, is this just a million dollars? Like, so I, I went and I looked at um, a parcel of real estate in Decentraland that's next to their their main hub, which I forget what it's called right now, but... Um, where everyone starts the center of their universe, so to speak. And it was over a million dollars for this parcel of real estate. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I realized that it wasn't a million dollars. It was a million of Ethereum mana. <laughs> so it's, it's even more. Yeah. Which is a type of cryptocurrency designed, which is Ethereum based. Um, this is actually not the nerdiest, time i've used the word mana because i did trade magic cards when i was 12 years old um <laughs> we'll have to cut that out jack uh <laughs> but um it was so it was actually which trades at like three to one for a dollar it's actually like three million dollars for this parcel next to the main segment of decentraland and i was just and so that's why i was like i i cannot dismiss this anymore um, I have to pay attention to it. But Colin, are are we just paying a million dollars for Bowser's castle? <laughs> Is that really did did Bowser, Mr. Bowser just get the naming rights to the castle in Super Mario? Or is there something more to it? Because it seems like with blockchain technology, it is more than just a, a labeling of a castle. Um, but but you tell me, is there is, is that what this is? Is there more to it? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think there's a lot of things going in. And, and like you say, the the real dollars uh, that are being invested and traded, you know, in these NFTs and in the metaverse and, and in crypto in general, it's very, very real, right? We can't we can't get around it. Everybody has a cousin or a, or a buddy who has a in-law who's made a couple million bucks overnight, sometimes you know, admittedly lucky other, other people claiming they really knew exactly how this was going to unfold. But, um, you know, what it kind of comes down to me is, is scarcity. You know, that's, that's why 
real real estate um, has value. Um, you know, there's different different ways in which we can we can value it. You know, we all we we talk about the cost of purchase or replacement value or, or doing it based on cash flows or, or, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to value real estate in which we're all familiar, but it all comes down to scarcity. Right. And that's why people are, are willing to pay for it. Um, you know, if something that's productive is scarce, then it's going to be go up in value as well. The various coins and tokens as well as the metaverse are, and, and other NFTs are all based on, on scarcity as well. And it, they don't seem to be particularly scarce to me. Um, it's it's a it's a fictional scarcity. Most tokens, or there's some differences in some of the coins, um, but even those, I would argue, are they're they're making more of it every day. And ever for for two years there, it seemed like every week, if not every day, if not every hour, there was a new coin or token being launched that that's just made up of thin air. Right here, here's our new here's our new currency, here's our new token. And I, and I think you have to draw that parallel to the metaverse as well and, and to NFTs, obviously, right? We've seen how NFTs have proliferated. Some are, <clears throat> excuse, some are traded for, for hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars um, worth of coin or token. And, and others are, are literally worthless. Um, you, can, you, can, you can buy as many as you want. You know, we could mint a, a token uh, or an NFT right now. We could, we could, um, we could create an NFT right now of, of this podcast and, put it up on OpenSea and see if we have any bidders. And, and I, I'm sorry to say, Phil, even if you don't post this one as you normally would for free, I'm not sure we're going to get a whole lot of takers. Um, but it would be scarce. It would be the only one of its kind um, <laughs> and truly unique. Um, and I think we have to think about the metaverse in the same way, right? Does that mean it's valueless? Absolutely not. There's all sorts of things that you know you can make more of that there's this implied scarcity, this created scarcity that, that becomes valuable. You know, thinking about, um, I I'm mentioned Second Life before, I'll, I'll use it again. This was just a video game that people like to play. It took time to, to gain certain access or assets in the game, you know, an axe to cut down wood or, you know, this type of character gets this upgrade. And, and then people would find a way to pay for, for that value inside that game. Um, and at that time, I don't really think they were. There was much, um, you know, business-minded intent. It was it was a hobby spend. It was a fun and hobby spend, right? Hey, I don't want to spend twelve hours cutting down trees in the forest to gain thirty-seven points so that I can exchange that at the hut from the innkeeper who will give me what you know whatever it is that I want to upgrade my character with. So I think the possibilities of that 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 created scarcity, that manufactured scarcity. I think that's possible, right? You know, if, um, you know, I think there's, you can think of it that way as like a, like a hobby spend. You can also think of it as, you know, maybe, you know, some of these bets are based on uh, access or connectivity. Um, you know, I, I never would have imagined when I first saw Instagram that an individual profile, you know, by an influencer would, would be worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, arguably a billion plus dollars based on the marketing reach, you know, the impressions and the value, the, the number of the impressions and the value impressions that that influencer has and, and the real, the real world value of, of selling based on those impressions. So, you know, I think you can also look at, at these various metaverses as a marketing tool or a market themselves, where one thing I've, I've seen a lot of folks who are you know, really pushing the metaverse, really pro metaverse folks 
is that the next direct to consumer is the next to avatar. And, you know, I can see that, you know, that, that makes sense. Is it going to happen that I'm not really willing to opine on? Um, I've got my immediate opinions, but I'm always a little bit dubious of, of things like this that are going to be the, the next great thing. Um, but I, I see tell, the parallels. Tell us what that is, though. Tell us what that is, though. Like that avatar that you just mentioned. Um, so, yeah. So the, the avatar is, is the, you know, digital representation of you in, in these metaverses. Um, you know, you can, you can create it. Um, you can choose it. You know, uh, people who will remember video games uh, of old that, you know, there were, you know, pick your player, pick the, pick the haircut, pick the hat, pick the, you know, and, and, and then go play. That's what we're talking about. Um, an avatar that can, can go virtually attend a virtual event, you know, in, in the metaverse where by owning, by owning property there, um, or you can visit with your avatar, you can visit, you know, property there. I'm using quotations here and go look at other things, you know, that people have, have done with their, their piece of metaverse land. Um, whether it is they've, they've put their NFTs there or a visible, visible representation of their NFTs, or they've, they've created code where you can play a game uh, when you physically, when you virtually go to that, that location with your avatar in the gameplay. That's, that's maybe part of what, what the, the value proposition is that, uh, you know, there've been a couple conferences held and concerts. Um, you know, there was a, a Fortnite held a, a really big concert a uh, virtual concert. Uh, I don't know. It feels like years ago now. And, and there's, there've been uh, a couple versions of that. Another big spend. I think, I think since that $2.5 million um, metaverse spend that you mentioned, Phil, there was, there was a fashion house or, or really an investment vehicle saying that they want to build a fashion house. I think they were, you know, in the six or $7 million range of, of their investment. The idea being they were going to hold fashion shows and then sell you know, real world goods to real world people through the metaverse and their avatars where they, that's where they would see this, these, these items um, and, and that these are real world items. So there's, it's kind of interesting that the metaverse is a platform for buying both virtual items and, and, and NFTs as well as real items in terms of, you know, clothing or concert or access. Um, and, and I think that's what a lot of people are envisioning. I, I love the imagination of it. But um, adoption is is a different thing. I mean, we we see Instagram. It's easy to say this will be the next thing, but I mean, how many how many MySpaces and Friendsters were there um, before Facebook and That's Instagram? Right. I, I think the there's a lot of fervor around. There's a lot of fervor around it because of how some how many people have have really made quite a bit of money trading. Um, in the last couple of years and in, in the wide scale adoption of, of trading by the retail sector. And that this is a lot of the interest is, is because of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that was an excellent thorough discussion on it. And, you know, when you talk about the scarcity I had a couple of points I want to respond to, there's um, what's interesting to me is the, you, you think of, land just real real estate is is scarce but it's also pretty vast in terms of our world there's a lot of land in northern canada and alaska that i could purchase but there's not as valuable as the land in manhattan and um and so if you think about the the metaverse in the same way sure there's many platforms 
now and there's probably going to be hundreds thousands more platforms but you know the value of being the premier platform at decentraland and having all of the new users dropped off in one location where they start the game and then if you were to have the land adjacent to that well you know as a marketing person as someone who's trying to sell goods services or advertise for something else it's like well that's pretty valuable i got a lot of eyeballs that are being dropped off right next to my real estate that might accidentally stumble into my fashion show or my boutique or a game that I want them to play where they can exchange fake fake coin or crypto coin, which translates to real dollars. I can convert all of these things to real, real currency. And when you start thinking about just what you mentioned with Instagram, it's just the realization over the past decade or two that, simply having people's attention is valuable if you can think of how to profit off of it then anything can become valuable once you get people's attention and eyeballs there and so it is you know i'm i'm just a real estate lawyer i don't have some of the foresight to think of how you profit from the marketing and and sales aspect but there are plenty of people that that do realize how to do that and so Again, it's like you want to just the more time I spend in Decentraland and my wife looks over at me with a frown, like, what are you doing <laughs> on the couch, stumbling around talking to an octopus trying to sell you drinks at a bar? And I'm just like, this is totally silly. But then but then you're like, then you do have to go back to the real value of of what's happening and, and that there are people profiting tremendously. And the, every purchase of real estate it's kind of a, a complex bet because you're betting on the currency, the cryptocurrency that's required to purchase the metaverse real estate and that not being totally devalued over time or inflated over time. Like you could make money buying something at a million Ethereum mana and, um, and make money simply be, by appreciation in the value of that cryptocurrency without actually doing anything with the real estate. Or, you know, over time, more demand could be had for that parcel. Um, and so, and also like, so then you start thinking about real real estate. And like, if I owned the property right next to the main drop-off point in Decentraland, well, would someone want to lease it for a year and sell or a month? Could I get Spirit Halloween to lease um, this in October? <laughs> for a fair amount of money while they link to their website to buy real products so that they're getting eyeballs going, Oh my God, I need a costume. You know, maybe you could, there's actually on Decentraland there's, there's mortgages available. Although they seem to have been, uh, they used a term that I had not heard before, like defractalized or something like that. that I had to, you know, check Webster's on and I was, it, which apparently means that they know they frown upon, these mortgages because you have to pay them off in like seven days, but there's mortgages for this metaverse real estate. You could potentially lease the metaverse. You can get game, you can get software designers to build on your parcel. Um, so there's, you know, as you start thinking about like traditional real estate and how you can utilize it, uh, whether it's by leasing or by developing and then leasing to others and just placing marketing signs and ads or selling goods. 
the more I get into it, the more I think it is silly and I shouldn't be looking at this anymore. But the more you're like, well, somebody's going to prop, somebody's doing, going to do well with this. It, it's probably not <laughs> me, but th- there's something there. Yeah. I, I like the way, uh, you know, you're, you're, you called out a, a, a pretty nice similarity, right. You know, that, that, um, there is still a lot of land for sale and for maybe our next podcast, maybe you and I do buy some unimportant land in Saskatchewan and, and talk about that because that would be less expensive than, than getting a, a yeah. small plot in Decentraland or Sandbox or Axie Infinity at this point. But yeah, the, I think, I think you're starting to, to really go down like where the real value is, right? Like what are the, what are the similarities and differences between these things? And, and really to me, it comes down to, to utility um, you know, scarcity is what, what drives the, the numbers, but utility is, is what should matter ultimately for value. Right. And, you know, what can't you do there? You can't live there. You know, uh, you can't live there. Can't make stuff there. I mean, maybe there's an argument, you know, there's, there's some coding going on there, but the coding's not really going on, on your property. You know, you can't really store stuff there either. Sure. You're putting your NFT there for people to look at, but it's not really stored there. It's stored in your wallet. Um, you know, what can you do there? You can, you can show stuff, you can, you can sell stuff, you can connect people, you can gather attention, like you said. So like, I'm sure I'm missing some stuff, but that's, that's been the main, the main divide in my mind, you know, like, you you know, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to live there. You can't house anything there. You can't put anything there, but you can, you can't make anything there, but you can, you can sure show a lot of stuff. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's, um, it's a new media. Um, it's, it's not really real estate. It's, it's media and, and getting to that, let's just talk, you know, nuts and bolts of what is it when you buy this thing? Um, you, you are in fact buying an NFT, a non-fungible token. Um, non-fungible token is a unique, bit of blockchain or a, a unique file verified by the blockchain that you know manifests itself in a couple different ways it can you know it can be a video a picture an image a sound any any file so what are you buying when you buying a piece of, of one of these metaverses that's what you're getting you're, you're getting a file now that file is one in a series of other files that are that are connected to it in which you don't own anything but you are connected to those other files. In this case, you're connected to the files in the, in the other metaverses and they're connected um, in a way that, you know, now there's a platform that you, there's a, you know, a visual representation um, where, where you can then quote, you know, quote unquote, explore that metaverse by, by moving among those connected NFTs. But are they, are they really anything different um, when it comes down to a zeros and ones perspective? Are they anything different than, than buying an NFT picture of a crypto punk. No, they aren't. Um, there's a bunch of crypto punks. They're all connected. There's a series one through however many there are. I don't know what they're trading at. I haven't looked in a while, but the last time I did look, it was well in the six figures of us dollars. And, you know, I, I didn't see the value there for, for me, but, um, clearly others do in, in Decentraland or Axie Infinity Sandbox. To me, there's, there's, you know, more, more utility there than there is with with having that that you know scarce crypto punk nft it's hey here's something that actually has some gameplay involved some use some there's something to do with it um other than just sell it 
now sure selling it is probably the primary reason for why it exists in my view, but, but Hey, you can, you can, you're now part of this thing that's actually there. I've, I've also noticed that some of the NFTs, the non-metaverse NFTs have started to couple real world benefits, you know, buy one of these, you know, cool cat 37s and, you know, you get priority access to clubs in Miami or Vegas or shot or shot or whatever. But, um, and so I, I think, I think that part of what we're selling when we're bu- or buying and selling, we're talking about the metaverse is, you know, these are NFTs. Like let's, let's be straight with what, what asset we're buying. It's going to be taxed just like an NFT, like property, you know, short-term, long-term capital gain. Um, that's real world taxes you have to pay, by the way, <laughs> you don't get to pay those um, to a, to a fake avatar. The U S treasury will come looking. They've proved that. Um, and, and that's going to get, bigger and badder uh, as we go, um, as they add more and more uh, examiners um, over the next 10 years. Um, this is a big emerging area for them. But um, there is access and connectivity is, is kind of how I view the sandbox. And to me, there's there's more value, more, more utilitarian value there than there is with a really high priced NFT piece of art. Um, because because the the potential is is there but again i'm i'm not it doesn't mean i'm sold on full-scale adoption and, and that i don't think that there are other things going on um certainly there are other things going on pushing these prices around yeah no that's interesting and you know um one thing that i i thought you you described to me pretty well once was just i wonder why people invest in um, their avatars and why people buy things on the internet to improve their virtual representation. And you once told me about, it was like, well, we spend money on image all the time. We spend money on nice suits. We spend money on things in our real world that don't have value. And that's all that this is. So speak a little bit on that. Cause I, I kind of stepped on it, but I think, you know, it was, you're the first person I heard describe that kind of concept well to me yeah i mean philosophically hobby and marketing spend is is pretty much infinite right you know once once your basic needs for survival are met um what are what are you spending on when you know once those basic hierarchical needs are 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 met right you know um you you don't buy you don't buy plants for your living room because you need them you know you don't buy you know i've got a whole bunch of bikes. Do I need those bikes? No, I don't use them for transportation. I, it's because I enjoy riding bikes. And what is different between bikes or plants and, and video games? Not a whole lot, right? If, if you enjoy them. And um, so there's, there's no end to what people will spend on them. Um, and here, here is just another extension, um, except that there's probably an even bigger driver for for making that spend and that that uh, people see it as a, a true way to market themselves, market their businesses. And when I say market themselves, I don't mean they have to be a lawyer and, and put an ad on a park bench. I mean, you know, you for the same reason you get up in the morning and, and take a shower and, and get a haircut and shave and then do that before you go to work or go to court or go to a, a, a dinner party. Uh, is the same reason why people who are exploring their virtual world and interacting with people who maybe they've never seen in real life, but they they know who they are 
via their avatar, or they know who they represent via their avatar, where what they're doing in this online metaverse, or in the second life, or whatever, or on Instagram. They know they know of them through the platform in which they're interacting. For the same reason they're trying to put their best foot forward, you know, when you step out of your real house door in the morning is the same reason why you would you would uh, do it with your avatar and, and maybe maybe spend a little money to to you know get the Stetson um, fake hat as, a, as opposed to go out hatless yeah. into the virtual world because you know you're not getting wet from rain. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, no, while you're talking, I was also thinking, you know, people that would um, criticize making your people that spend time making their avatar look cool, I would ask them, like, how much time do they spend cultivating their Instagram to present an image? And is that Instagram a real version of them? I mean, it's probably a real version of them, but it's, you know, it's like, it's all, it's all a matter of degree, but it is the same. Precisely. I think, I think, I think, again, there's lots of caveats here in terms of, you know, adoption, but I, I think you can make parallels here all the way through and, and you can get, you can get very philosophical about these things all being exactly the same. You know, I think the value is, is trying to understand the, some of the differences and, and where people are, are putting their attention. And I, I think it does make sense to talk a little bit about you know, again, we're not traders here. We're not um, active in this this marketplace. I've, I've, you know, as disclosure, I've got low low four figures in in some of these these things um, in some of the the various items here. But it's purely just a learning spend. I want to understand it, so I, I always do that. That's how I was with with crypto and NFTs as well. Um, certainly haven't made much, if any, money off of them. But I I think we a lot of the attention. And a lot of the money being plowed into these things is, is uh, has to be part of what we're seeing in, in broader markets. And I think we have to at least mention that this is a massively volatile, you know, scary asset class. And and that we don't, you know, I don't really have super strong opinions on whether this is going to be adopted. And that, that all the things that you read about daily in Bloomberg are, are at play, you know, money supply, QE surge in retail trading, inflation, and, and of course, the possibility and likelihood that there's there's some uh, false trading going on to, to, to beef up some of these transactions to make it look like there's a lot more liquidity and volume that there, that there actually is. So I think people need to be really aware of that. And, and um, you know, we saw that, you know, five-year nadir, nadir in, in uh, crypto prices, Bitcoin being the, the main driver there. And of course, you know, came back up to all time highs here, you know, relatively recently, um, you know, in the last year. But, um, you know, these are very much subject to to the slings and arrows of, of um, general markets and money supply and, and, and attitudes. I think that's right. Um, we did good work here today, Colin. I think we did a lot of good things right. We explained a lot of what we're seeing and our views on this. I'll be super interested to see how we feel about um, our breakdowns here 10 years from now and see how this this evolves. I doubt I'll go back and listen to it, but I'll, I'll be super <laughs> interested when I think back on it. I, I think we, we played it the right way that we could say that we called it on the up or we called it on the down. I think <laughs> we, either way, we'll say we, we, we picked it right. Um, we didn't get too heavy into 
cryptocurrency uh, discussion while while super interesting. Uh, we didn't we didn't go deep into that or or try to try to overstate certain things. So I I really appreciate your your time and your thoughts on the subject. I, I think everybody's here is trying to learn a lot. Uh, and understand how these worlds and, and universes and new concepts work. And uh, I think that you've helped further that discussion. And, and thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot of other places we could have gone in terms of differences between real stuff and, and virtual stuff. And, you know, what are some of the limitations, um, you know, here, but I, I think people have to for the most part, they have to learn that themselves because it is, it is changing pretty rapidly, you know, what, what you can do on a piece of land and, you know, how to not get taken by a fake piece of land and, and things like that. But they're going to have to figure that out because uh, it's changing so rapidly that in a month it'll be different. Yeah. And we, we didn't even go down the road of whether we're just – the machines are ruling the real world and we're just hooked up to the machines and whether what we think of as real real estate is actually the metaverse and the metaverse is a metaverse of a metaverse. We didn't even get there. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't go down that path. I'm glad we didn't go there. The that, that would, it just gets confusing. Um, I'm glad right. neither of us said red, blue, uh, red pill, blue pill. That's, that was my goal it's, for today. It's cause I always get it wrong. I always say the wrong <laughs> color and then, you know, the whole, the whole, metaphor is ruined but all right thanks colin thanks for coming on the show thanks phil thanks for having me this publication is intended for general information purposes only and does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice the listener should consult with legal counsel to determine how laws or decisions discussed herein apply to the listener's specific circumstances 